0: We try to play with great pace, we try to play with great pace, ran a lot of pick and roll pick and pop uh, type actions, oh you'll see us play, some people look at the guy next to him and say what the hell was that shot, the hell I could have been Gronk, before Gronk was Gronk.
1: And welcome back to another episode of, of Bangarangs and Daggers. As always, I'm one of the co-hosts out here in Washington, D.C., Kevin Knight, and uh, we happen to be doing something a little bit different this week, Uh, not just reuniting the three-man weave for this episode, but we're also trying it on video, so you can see all of our not attractive faces. How are you guys doing tonight? Because with me, as I said, is the three-man weave of Patrick and Nate. I'm good. How are you?
2: I've had better weeks, you know. I think we've all had, I think we
0: all have had better weeks. And
2: Nate's Nate's got, Nate's got the, the, the Lord and savior above him, along with the party hat.
0: This is uh, my daughter just had a birthday and I think this is a troll. A what? A troll something troll, I don't know. Headband. Sorry. Looks
2: like troll headband. Yes. There we go. Very
1: nice. (laughs) Looks a lot better than, uh, than what I'm wearing.
0: Ooh. I didn't even notice that. I was surprised mm. I was surprised. I didn't notice.
1: Hey, if I'm gonna be on a Nebraska ball podcast, I'm gonna Nebraska ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, actually I this is
1: not my Nebraska basketball shirt. That one's long sleeve and I'm not about to wear that in the middle of
2: an eighty degree summer. Actually probably ninety say. I don't know, whatever. It's too hot. So it's hotter than hell out right now. It's muggier yeah. than than hell here in Nebraska.
0: I bet it's pretty is nice muggyer. outside. It is pretty nice outside. Well, I'm sure outside. you're
2: muggier. Oh, really? I haven't been out in a couple hours.
0: Yeah, anyways. Well, so,
2: almost, Oh, sorry. Go,
0: go ahead. ahead. No, I just, you know, is there anything going on in the sports world? You know, any basketball stuff? Because guess what? I've written more basketball or football articles in the past two weeks, than I had probably a month before that. It felt, feels oh fabulous. geez. The
2: the past the past week I um I think I've more than quadrupled my quota for summer articles for coronation. <laughs> yeah. It, um it's it, 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 it's it's a busy time of year considering we've got football right around the corner and we will not be playing football. And on top of that, we may not be playing basketball anytime soon. You know. Uh, determining depending on how things go with uh, football and the fall sports. And Kevin, what did the Pac-12 do that really kind of threw everything for a loop or could throw everything for a loop?
1: They joined the Ivy League, among uh, others that I don't really remember who else or particularly care about because they're unimportant, uh, in pushing all 2020 sports to at least January 1, 2021 because 2020 can't come over fast enough. We already are talking about 2021 timelines now. But yeah, no, that's all sports, not just fall, uh, not just cross-country, not just women's volleyball, not just men's and women's soccer, not just football, but winter sports too, including men's, women's basketball. Uh, I don't know. The, yeah, I guess some... Schools have a hockey team in the Pac-12, although they're not actually Pac-12 affiliated. I do how that's going to work out for Arizona State.
2: Uh, I think about that.
1: That would yeah, have been something for State. me to research.
2: No, you know. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. But no, I mean, like, those practices are, are right around the corner. They start in October. It's about a month and a half away when those practices start up, so they're not going to happen, and a lot of those teams in the Pac-12 are playing other teams across the nation, including big 10, you've got Iowa, you've got Wisconsin, you got Ohio state are going to be in either playing them in the non-conference or in possible, you know, non-conference tournaments. That will be coming up if they don't get canceled because they're all in the South. So, you know, COVID might blow up and they may not happen anyway, but that could really throw a, a wrench into the system. If the PAC 12 can't play basketball, uh, you, you know, there's only I think Nebraska and a handful of other schools have have released their non-conference schedules. They've got about ten games scheduled right now, and I think that's what they're planning on doing. But this could be a problem moving forward if uh, if the Pac-12 does not play basketball uh, early on. So, I mean, you know, the Big Ten I don't even think has touched it because the Big Ten doesn't have a plan for football yet, let alone any other sport moving forward. So, I mean, Nate, you're insightful on this. What are your thoughts?
0: A lot of basketball happening. I don't – I just – you know, I guess the difference between football and basketball would be the amount of players that you're going to have to test and keep safe and all that. But you're also dealing with 130 – in basketball, 130 teams, right, Uh, ish or something like that. So – 137. 137. So – You know, and there's the chance, I mean, you would love to have some leadership, you know, maybe at the NCAA level or something like that that said, okay, these are the protocols you're going to have to follow. Unfortunately, though, is that if that requires a ton of testing, which it probably would, then that costs money. And when you don't have, a lot of these schools aren't going to have football, uh, where a lot of them get, you know, a lot of their money, then they're not going to be able to afford the testing. I think I heard today that uh, I shouldn't mention and should brought it up, but it's a, it's an, a power, no, not power five, a uh, group a of five. five football team said they are going to, they will lose less money by not playing than by playing. And so, I mean, that just shows you the state of the economics for those schools. Uh, so, I mean, we're, you know, Nebraska is going to lose. You know, they think over a hundred million dollars, and so the idea of being able to do adequate testing and all that—I don't know. I mean, Nebraska is pretty in a pretty good place, I think, financially uh, compared to a lot of a lot of other schools. So, but if you can't test the kids, then I think then you just can't play. And so, I guess if you can find a way to maybe there's going to I heard there's a test coming up. I read that you get results in 20 minutes and it's going to be really cheap. Now, is that going to show up before November? Uh, Yeah, probably not. So, I don't know.
2: I mean, it's going to be tough because you have, I mean, Oregon State already came out today or yesterday stating that they are most likely going to look for loans to help get them through this next year. I mean, they're the first college to really say that, and they're they're a power five conference, the PAC's 12, don't get me wrong, they don't get nearly the money, let's say the, heck, even the ACC gets, but they're still a major university in a fairly large, decent sized state and a power conference that is openly looking for loans. Now, don't get me wrong, this is the, you know, if you're gonna look for a loan, interest rates are great right now, but for a university to come out straight up and say, we need money this desperately, this early on, without you know, without really having without having really any plans for the conference, tells you a lot and tells you their confidence moving forward with what's going to happen over the next. Let's be honest, the next at least a year, let alone the next six months, which is what we're just trying to get through right now.
1: Definitely, I think um, part of the problem too isn't necessarily just testing. In my mind, I think part of it. That probably factored in more largely in the Big Ten decision and especially the Pac-12 and other conference decisions. It's just the fact that we know so little about long-term effects of COVID-19 combined with the fact that we don't have any particularly for sure effective treatment right now for those suffering particularly bad symptoms at the moment. Um, You know, I mean, there's Obviously, I'm sure everybody's well aware by now of the Indiana offensive lineman who's having absolutely awful side effects from it. Um, you know, who, according to him, followed general protocols and uh, generally had testing at Indiana widespread among players and whatnot. And he still ended up catching it and having awful side effects from it. Uh, until we have something to do that, I think we're going to end up seeing the type of heavy online classes and unfortunately lack of sports like football until until we have that doesn't necessarily even need to be a vaccine i don't think um though obviously a vaccine would be great but i mean until we at least have something that can treat it and better understand whether or not it's actually long-term high risk or not being exposed to it uh you know, until then i I think this is unfortunately going to be the new normal. It seems like
2: to use a cliche, of course, but. And we're probably going to be going, we're we're probably gonna be walking blind through the woods for the foreseeable future in regards to this on what, what's the right thing to do. Uh, Not just in name of the athlete's health, but also the health financially of the universities and the towns they, 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 they're, they're housed in. It's, we're not going to have an answer. I, Kevin, I think you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, we're just looking for treatment right now. We're hoping for treatment. Vaccine is probably far enough down the road that we shouldn't even be worrying about it in terms of how to move forward. You know, I mean, the treatment, you know, pray for a treatment and hope God, I mean, at least in the next year or two, a vaccine. I mean, there's plenty of viruses out there that we've had for decades that we don't have a vaccine for. You know, w- whether that's because of funding or research or whatnot, we, you know, th- this is probably going to, this could very well take a while to have a vaccine. Yeah, I mean, we need to treat this, we, we need to make this a new norm. I mean, people keep saying the new norm. We need to really buckle down and make this kind of our new norm just so we can function for the foreseeable future. Because right now, I think a lot of people are hoping stuff is going to happen to make other things work. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the number of diseases we've actually successfully eradicated as a human race is either two or three. I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's closer to two. There's some that we're very close to eradicating, including diseases such as polio that we don't really think of much anymore, but they still exist, and we still haven't actually successfully eradicated them, so... Something to bear in mind in terms of the idea of well, until COVID nineteen goes away, it's not necessarily going away. It's just we need to be able to have a way to fight it better as a human species. More so. Uh, uh, Ed, oh,
2: sorry, Nate, your turn. Yeah,
0: no, I uh, I think our from my guess as far as the best option or the best. Most optimistic view: of What's going to happen? So I think basketball is going to be canceled. Uh, I I think football in the spring is not going to happen because the factors that came into um, what I believe that came into the decision for um, for uh, the Big Ten to cancel and the Pac-12 to cancel is you know if one, one of them he said uh, Commissioner Warren um, uh, so uh, is it David the BTN guy. Um,
1: David Rebson, yeah. sorry he, he, if I yeah. mispronounce it and you ever
0: listen to this, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no one's ever mispronounced his name before. And, uh, but you know, he brought up the, it's a myocondartis or my, whatever, you know, the heart condition issue and and Warren said, well, oh, that's, you know, that, that's a small part of it. And so, uh, yeah, and it's scary. I mean, it, it, it's scary to ask to me, to ask kids to go and play a sport um, and then, Oh, by the way, you might have, you know, heart issues for the rest of your life, you know? And that's, and the thing is, that's, that's not going to go away in the spring, you know, and that's not going to go away uh, when basketball shows up, you know, I, I would hope maybe we can find out a reason why, you know, is there, I don't know. Percentages of, covid have that heart issue um he, the guy from indiana is an offensive lineman uh, i mean i don't know Did he have high blood pressure you know hypertension i don't know you know he's maybe got he bad knees.
2: i guarantee he's got bad knees
0: yes and that might bad knees might be the uh the the defining factor in whether you're going to have heart issues you know no i'm joking but uh at some point you're going to have to make a decision or people are going to. And, and at this point, the big 12 is trying to go forward and the ACC and the sec, um, because you're going to cancel football for a whole year. You're going to cancel basketball for a whole year. If we're not expecting a vaccine and even if they come up with a vaccine, who knows if it's going to be widely distributed by that point, are you going to want to then cancel again? You know, and because the, the the same issues are still going to be there, the, the heart issues, the uh, you know the, the 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 concerns about being you know hurting your grandparents or your parents who or anyone else who has you know any prior medical conditions, it's still going to be there. And so, these that's a society, I guess. You're going to we're going to have to make a decision. You're going to because it's there's risk either way. Because if I don't know, I think just think. If Nebraska is going to lose $100 million north of that by canceling one football season, what's going to happen if you're going to cancel two? I mean, what's Lincoln going to look like? And people like, um, shoot, Adam Rittenberg kind of just says, oh, it's only one season. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but guess what? You're not the one to a bar or a restaurant. You're not trying to feed your kids. But then on the other side of the coin is you have kids. That you're putting in harm's way, in a sense, uh, in a sense, because, and my whole issue, or I have several issues, but is they're still having kids on campus, and from what I and my and I've talked to someone who knows the head of intramurals and in, in Nebraska, they're still planning to have intramurals. So it's kind of a. It, that's the frustrating part to me, is, you know, why. But anyway, so I'll get off my whatever it's called. I
1: I, I totally get that argument on it. Um, And actually, it sort of borders with another argument that I've seen a lot of people make, not necessarily in the Nebraska fan base, but nationally and among other fan bases in particular, is sort of a talk of, well, just shut down campus and only bring football players back universities make more money on the academic side and particularly in the big 10 from research grants that require them to be a university it's still technically student athletes at an academic institution not a pro sports institution it's not the nfl it's not the nba you can't take all the players and go put them in hotels in orlando and get them to play football as much as we would all love to i'm I'm sitting here as somebody who really is extremely sad that we're not going to have football, but this is still university-led programs, and the point of them is to be a university, and particularly with the Big Ten, if they don't have things like students studying there, including on campus, because you can't only bring football players back to campus. You can't, they're, they're not doing absolutely everything, it, for classroom-wise, online, not Absolutely everything. There's still quite a few classes happening, either smaller, under 50 uh, with social distancing, labs, etc. I mean, it varies by institution and there's 14 institutions. I'm not going to rattle off every single school's policy and whatnot. But the point being, I mean, there's no way to really properly socially isolate the football team, nor realistically should there be because they're students first as much as we love them on the football field and the universities are going to lose more money if they don't have something resembling a normal academic semester now having said that the fact that they're still going to do things like intramurals is just ridiculous i how can you say out of one side of your mouth it's too unsafe to have this with widespread testing and all these safety protocols but then we're just going to have intramurals At least on the one side, you're trying to mitigate risk. On the other one, you're just saying, well, college kids are going to be college kids and they're going to go out and get a DUI when they're JT Barrett and have Cardale Jones have to get called to come give them a ride, which is the thing about institutional control is look at Rutgers over the summer. They all went to a house party. So the idea that college kids aren't going to be college kids especially when you're talking about 130 kids on a football team on average or 120 or whatever the average roster size is somewhere in there. And obviously Nebraska is even bigger and other schools are slightly smaller than that. But, you know, the biggest problem with football in that sense is the roster size and the the bigger risk. The, um, the thing about basketball though, that while I'm saying that now I'm going to literally sound like a hypocrite flipping the argument on the other side is the possibility of having a, um, a, a bubble for college basketball is a little bit more realistic, particularly if you have a delayed season like the Pac-12, because everybody's looking at doing online only for the most part after Thanksgiving, of sending students home for Thanksgiving break and saying, stay home, we're going to finish the last three weeks. And then, you know, who knows what they do in January. If they stick to that, it's easier to get 10, 15 kids In a more isolated setting necessarily you're still not going to have institutional control but it's going to be a lot easier to mitigate risk when you have so many fewer players on a roster at least so a little bit more of a bubble but not an nba bubble that's not going to be realistic
2: now speak well no let's let's speak of bubbles Because the NBA is, along with the NHL, doing a bubble system, and it has been fairly successful so far. And there are talks, Big East being one and a a couple other conferences, and I think the Big Ten's even looking into it, uh, having their own bubble system. Now, how would a bubble system work in college? NBA makes sense. You take all the teams, you throw them down in Florida, you put a literal bubble over them, you don't let them leave unless they want wings at a strip club.
0: And which supposedly are some of the best swings they've ever had. According to Johnny Manziel, go ahead, Patrick.
2: Yeah, we're going to take, we're we're, going to take uh, the recommendation of Johnny Manziel. Um, If I want DMT and stuff like that recommendations, I'll go to him. But with that said, um, the idea is that you do have some places in the United States that could probably hold a handful of teams within a conference. Let's say the big East, there's what, eight teams, 10 teams in the big East. Something like that? Something like I don't that. Know. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I know Creighton, I know Villanova, and then you know a bunch of East Coasters. So no, you can't DePaul, east for. coast. It's east of here. Oh, come on. It, it's Chicago. If <laughs> if if we're flyover country, they're east. There you go. Um, none, anyway, but what they're looking at doing is, is places such as, you know, IMG Academy in Florida where they can house people and they've got enough uh, facilities to kind of have a handful of teams play there on a regular basis. And honestly, they're looking at the CHI, uh, uh, center in Omaha as a possible place to do one of these bubbles. Now, how do you do a bubble when you've got kids going to college? At a university, and you take them away, you'd almost have to make it to where they have no choice but to do online learning. Now, none of the articles or any of the talking heads that I've I've heard or read has really gone over this. I mean, there's a lot of little what? How do you make this work on an academic setting? Especially considering you know you look at the Big East. They are full of very, very good, prestigious academic institutions. They're not going to just let 15 players vanish for three, four months to play without some sort of academic guidance. And especially considering they're going to, you know, if they do the bubble system, they're all going to be off campus. They're not going to be sitting, you know, in, you know, Marquette, you know, Milwaukee, you know, going to class during the day, playing two, three games, you know, two games a week, they're going to be gone. They could be in Florida, they could be in Omaha, they could be in New York if they decide to, you know, put one there. But, you know, the bubble system for the college is a possibility and it's a good way to mitigate risk in terms of keeping these kids safe from COVID, but the realistic implementation of it still has a lot to work through. You know, similar to what spring football has, you know, I know the Purdue coach put out his idea for spring football, but you know, I mean, everybody's treating that as kind of a last-ditch effort. Is the bubble system – is ba- honestly, is basketball this winter, you know, kind of a big bigger what-if than people are making it out to be? I mean, what do
0: you guys think? I, I think uh, – because like Kevin was talking about, you know, you can't have every student do remote learning and then all of a sudden require the football team to – you know, be on campus, essentially. Uh, I would think it's almost the same for basketball. I mean, it's almost – they're kind of oranges. uh, But it's almost like, okay, well, now they're basketball players, so they have to do remote learning. And by the way, we're going to house them um, in, you know, downtown Omaha or maybe Chicago or – that's probably not a good place. But, you know, and making them play in a bubble for – I just – Oh, I, to me that you better, de- I don't know. I mean, I love basketball. I love college basketball. And it just, to me, it seems like that is asking a lot of these kids to give up. Because one of the parts about being a college student is going to college and going to classes and, you know. Meeting people and all that stuff, and you're taking that away from them. I know it's only for maybe three or four months. Maybe if they were to condense the schedule, you know, I, I would uh, that would be more persuasive for me. Because uh, you're, you know, back to what my hope, my point is, you're treating them differently than regular students. But then the the reality is, they are different. You know, just like football players, they are different. They're not, you know, student athletes are different. You know, they're not just students; they're student athletes. You know. Uh, uh, if they could, I, I don't know. I I don't think they would have to. I don't know. I you know, it's like one of those things. What you know, I sure hope someone's talking about it. Nate, you seem super flustered. Uh, I, I I just this whole thing is, you know, I I just wish that there was someone coming out like the NCAA saying, okay, this is our plan, and this is how we're gonna do it, or maybe. These are three plans that we have that we're looking at and, you know, based off of these numbers, we're going to do this, you know, like, I don't know the high school here, they said, all right, well, cause you know, and I don't know about Washington DC, but in uh, Nebraska, at least in my area, there's like the meter, you know, colors. And they, the school came out and said, okay, if we're in yellow, we're having hundred percent online or sorry, hundred percent kids in school. If the meter moves this way, then things change. If they move all the way, then things change even more. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I just want someone to say something or say, okay, this is the plan. Because guess what, When do they start practice? Uh, generally, about October one,
1: roughly, give or take. I'm not sure the season, the exact date, but around then every season.
0: Yeah. So, so I sure hope that they're starting or they're they're. Thinking about it, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't don't know. I mean, I I was on the five five Heart podcast last night for an hour and a half. And so maybe that's part of the, my flusteredness. So
1: I think, um, I, it's a little bit of a different perspective for me in the sense of the frustration with the lack of a plan in that, I I do see a lot of people going out uh, complaining about, you know, you've had five months to figure this out. Like, why don't you have a plan? You had five months. And I mean, my, my husband works in higher ed administration and he has to deal with the fact that literally every guidance they get from experts, even changes almost daily. And I mean, he puts in so many hours working from home and it's like a week later, you generally have to just throw out half of what you were working on the week before. So, as frustrating as it is to us, uh, with a a public standpoint looking at it, you know, and it's like there's so much money and there needs to be a solution, why aren't they figuring it out? I I don't think, personally, it's actually for a lack of trying by most people. I, I think, honestly, they, I mean, the NCAA has come out with guidelines here and there, periodic. I mean, I, I did a an update on them a couple of weeks ago for the only colors and it was the third round of them. And I mean, were they particularly thorough? Did they help with figuring out a season? Did they, I mean, they, they weren't as strict as the big 10 uh, regimen when the big 10 came out with that, when they came out with the new schedule talking about testing protocols and what do you do if somebody gets sick and this and that. But I mean, they're still working on them and they're still putting out updates as new things come along. So the idea that they're doing nothing, um, which you guys didn't say, but is being talked about by a lot of people, of fr- it, general frustration, basically. I feel like it—it's not the case at all. They're busting their butt at schools and, and even uh, I'm sure in the Big Ten office and in the NCAA office, it just doesn't look like that to us. But it's—it's it's hard to so, do it when everything sure. changes every other week.
0: Yeah. So then my, what I would say about that is tell us. You got to communicate better. You got to say, okay, this is, you know, like you said that um, Brad had been working on something for a long time. Something changed. Let's say Brad was the, um, the head of the NCAA, and, he, and they were working on something for two and a half months, then all of a sudden the experts changed their minds. Okay, hey, public, by the way, we were working on this. COVID changed or the information we've received has changed. This is, now we have to essentially start over. Cause I think that's part of the problem. What my, just from my viewpoint is the lack of information. And I mean, it, you know, it's, I mean, there's a lot of people like it's not just Nebraskans you know, or not just, you know, Nebraska. It seems like, you know, Iowa parents are upset. And I just, I just don't know why Warren just can't come out and say, okay, you know, that was, you know, I, you know, this is where we're at. This is why we're doing it. And I, I, I don't know if he's getting some advice from some attorneys or something, saying, "I wouldn't say a word." You know, just don't say a word. Just wait for it to blow over, uh, because it's just communication helps a lot of things. It doesn't mean I have to like the result. It doesn't mean that you know I have to agree with everything. But at least tell me why. And so if they're working on a plan, say okay, instead of like come out because you know come out and say yeah, we're working on this plan. Now it might change and then okay, I would be fine with that. doesn't mean you're not gonna get people on Twitter and Facebook and who are gonna be idiots, you know. But at least for me personally, it's like okay, I get it, you know. So um, I don't know, that's. Let's talk about not having a plan.
2: Let's talk about what happened this week and why so many people on the internet and in the media and probably on campuses across the country are so pissed off, mainly within the Big Ten. Now, unlike a lot of Husker podcasts, and I would say sites, period, we're pretty naive when it comes to the makeup and what goes on in the Big Ten. Wouldn't you say, Nate? Yeah, I think we are a- – luckily, luckily for us, <laughs> we no, – no, 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 I'm dead serious. Luckily for us, we – We've got a guy who not only knows Nebraska, who not only knows basketball, but was brought up in the Big Ten. And I think one of the main problems is that there's been a disconnect between Husker views, and I'm not just talking like angry, but just kind of how we view conferences, how we view ourselves, how we view football, athletics, academics, and how the Big Ten as a whole views things. And luckily, I mean, I'm talking about Kevin here because Kevin... He grew up, you you were born and raised in Michigan. You're a Michigan State fan, come from a Michigan State family, which in in all honesty, um, really kind of helps us out. And I think in this podcast, we will get a pretty good idea of civil. We talked about this beforehand. We're not going to have a finger pointing, which honestly, let's be honest, we're probably going to be finger pointing at the end. But just to get an idea of kind of why the Big Ten did what it did because let's be, and Kevin will you know, bring this up more, but like we all think the Big Ten kind of screwed the pooch on implementing this. And the communication was terrible, everybody admits that. However, the fact that Nebraska really kind of came out and didn't really do anything wrong per se, but they kind of said, we're gonna do what we can to salvage, and the rest of the Big Ten kind of sat on their hands and said, well, wait and why that was acceptable when, in Nebraska's eyes, that was not. So, I mean, Kevin, give us kind of an idea or or an understanding on why the Big Ten schools acted the way they did.
1: Yeah, so I think um, for starters, it's important to set the context for it. Of the Big Ten, um, and I mean, there were plenty of people saying this this week, uh, to a degree, the big 10 always does things collectively. Um, I think that was probably one of the things that was the most appealing to Nebraska was the fact that, uh, you know, there's no third tier media rights fights like there was in the big 12. There's no, well, we want to create a big 12 network and Texas says no, and it's just madhouse. You know, there's always been things like equal revenue sharing arrangements with Ohio state and Michigan with the rest of the conference that's just always been how it's been is you work collectively as, as a conference together to kind of what do what you think is in the best interest of all the schools, rather than have a, a more what's best for me approach, which is not to say by the way that it actually works that way in practice every single time. I mean, look, look at officiating in any given game and you can, go off about, you know, this one was rigged, you know, the 2016 Doug game result, uh, that was an extra spot. They were, you know, looking out for Ohio state versus Michigan. There's fights all the time and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not like it's a perfect relationship or anything. The important thing though, is when a big decision gets made, essentially the conference just is like, even if there's dissent of, you know, it's, uh, eight to six on the vote uh, of something, but the conference decides we're going to do this. When you leave the conference room, there's no consensus building or anything. It's that's what was decided. And and that's what you do more or less. I mean, a, a little bit of a, a, a exaggeration hypothetical scenario kind of thing, but I mean, that, that's basically how the conference has always functioned. And I think looking back on, the statement that they gave on July 5th, when they announced that they were moving to a conference only season. um, I I think the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit with what the decision was going to be, which was uh, the the statement specifically started off and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you can go back and read it yourself if you want to any listeners. Um, But it's, it's basically saying if fall sports are to occur, they will occur in a conference only schedule and that's it and that's all that's the option is going to be because that's what we believe needs to happen in order for player safety is we've come to the conclusion based on what we've looked at that that's what we're going to do and then on player comes along and we finally had the conference only schedule and Warren makes this weird Odd unveiling of it. Of it gets leaked days before the conference schedule is going to come out as early as tomorrow. And this was on like a Thursday, I believe, that leaked. It, it might come out tomorrow. Okay, not today. Uh, probably on Monday. Monday comes. It's not Monday. You know, and then finally, they end up releasing it at eight thirty a.m. Eastern time. Like, what? Why are we doing this? And they unveil it. And then like 45 minutes later, Warren's finally available for the interview with the Big Ten Network, I think it was. And basically poor you, poor, just... Poor Yukon. Poor yeah, yeah. yeah. And just basically comes out and is like, yeah, we canceled the season. Or, yeah, this is the schedule, rather. But we're releasing the schedule and we did our best effort to try and figure this out. But we're still working on... You know, it's, it's an evolving situation. It might end tomorrow like we may call it and for whatever reason which was not well conveyed we all agree it was not well done by the Big Ten making the announcement they end up deciding over the weekend I I think especially the Mid-American conference canceling really tied their hands to a degree as well Uh, when the Mac canceled the Mac commissioner literally said I don't know what the difference is between us and them when asked why is it that the P5 conferences like the Big Ten can do this and you can't, I don't know. It kind of makes the so, Big but, Ten look like crap. No, uh, so, I mean, so, Essentially, because, I mean, the MAC is the same as the Big Ten in the large group. It's the same footprint. It's a lot of the schools that we play in the non-conference. Um, you know, we get some of our coaches from there and whatnot. So that that also influenced the Big Ten decision, I think.
2: So, I mean, so, so basically what – you what we're kind of looking at is, is a very old conference with a lot of institutions that have been there for a long time. One way or another, over the decades, these schools have been taken care of by the conference. So no matter what happens, these schools know that the, the conference will take care of them. It's ingrained in them. It, it's whether you're Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, you know, something pops up, things change, the conference will be there to correct it. So they sit back and wait for direction from the conference. That is basically what happened. Now, you've got a school like Nebraska, been there for about a decade, has been on its 10th its conference in 25 years has always kind of done its own thing even outside of that. I mean, the people, everybody kind of likes to mention, you know, back in the big 12 days, there was a lot of 11 to one votes. We all know who the number one vote against stuff was. So Nebraska is, does not have that. They do not have that institutional knowledge that everything technically should be taken care of. It's kind of a, well, if this is going to hurt us, we got to figure something out quickly. Or if it's not in our best interest, we need to figure out what to do. So when the Big Ten, as we all – I mean, we've stated before, we all agree that the Big Ten did not do – did not implement their plan this past week very well whatsoever. This was not done well internally. It was not done well in the media. It was not done well um, between all, all the, the schools within the conference. So Nebraska is – my guess is that Nebraska very early on kind of took – fate in their own hands because they didn't say they never said they're going to leave the big 10 they just said we're going to do everything we can to move forward with football now Michigan Ohio State Penn State all kind of alluded to the same thing in their own special way again all institutions that kind of had a pretty good idea of how to probably formulate it a little bit more big 10-ish than nebraska did and you also have the fact let's be honest nebraska has not been very good at football the one thing they were supposed to bring to the big 10 over the past decade so their the gravitas as people say was not there like it's not like it's bama going we're gonna figure this out ourselves it was a team that when that hasn't had a losing a winning record in three in three years saying we're gonna figure this out ourselves so that also didn't help so when all these media pundits across the nation started jumping on Nebraska. It was really easy to do. But I, let's be honest. I mean, I don't think Nebraska ever intended on leaving the Big Ten as much as I would love to see them go independent, which will never happen, and would be stupid if they did. Nebraska Nebraska as an institution, I don't think, ever thought that that was on the line. I think that they really were like, you know, if some of those teams want to go play in the spring, good luck, because. Listening to most people, spring is like a last-ditch effort for football. Like, you could try to make it happen, but let's be honest, you're going to have to start practicing in January. That's the height of cold and flu season. It's not going to be that pretty. So,
1: And it goes against COVID-19 guidance.
2: Yeah. One of the key things is
1: practice outdoors as much as possible. Avoid indoors. Only use well-ventilated spaces if you absolutely have to. It. I mean,
2: there's not going to be a spring season. Who actually thinks no. that but uh, well, that's and it, the decision yeah. and, we, and we and we can go in more to that if we want but i mean i think most of the other po- podcasts are kind of hitting on why that's why, why that's a bad thing i mean l- let's be honest i would be i think all three of us would be shocked if a spring season happens but you know g- going back to the grand scheme of things you know i don't think nebraska probably acted a little too independently for the big Ten's taste but i don't think they acted in uh in the wrong, especially considering it sounds like the direction from the conference was not good, you know, in the first place. So, I mean, I, I, I think, I, I don't think the internal bitterness between Nebraska and the big 10 is as strong as everybody's making it out to be, or at least in the long run, it will be. Um, I, I think the big 10 does realize where Nebraska sits now, you know, moving forward. I don't think Nebraska going to be an issue for the big 10 but if push comes to shove, Nebraska is independent enough, as I like to say, Western enough to take matters in their own hands if they have to. A school, something in a school like a Purdue or Indiana would never. So,
0: you know, one of the uh, the things that have been coming out since Nebraska, you know, kind of issued that statement, like uh, uh, Coach Braum from uh, Purdue when he he was interviewed after he had sent out his uh, his ideas for spring football, he, two things that I got from it was he felt like he had to do that to essentially start a conversation about what spring football is going to look like. And the fact that he feels like he has to do that is very interesting to me. And the other part that he kind of mentioned but without saying names, and I don't know who he might be talking about, but it sounds like, uh, there are some schools in the big 10 who were not caught up on the calls COVID. And maybe that is the, the big one, maybe the biggest reason why they had to cancel Rutgers. <laughs> it might've been Ruck. I mean, you know, they were, they're definitely in a hot, you know, in a hot spot and, uh, in the Rutgers, they are Rutgers. So, uh, but, uh, I, I'm
1: sorry, did anybody else laugh at the Greg Schiano video out today? I thought it was where, weird. Yeah, where he was like, you know, we're all I quit sad halfway through. I didn't care. I mean, it, just the opening was the part that, that I want to highlight where he's like, I know we're all sad we won't have Rutgers football this fall. Who's
2: sad mean, what, about that? You mean a <laughs> the, 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 the video where he's sitting in a high school stadium addressing the camera?
1: <laughs> SHI Stadium isn't that bad. You know, there. it's he, not that bad.
0: He also said he wants Rutgers or he wants it to be one of the best home environments in the country. And I just be like, buddy, uh, I, I guess you better start winning, but then they're still not going to care. So, uh, Gandolfini is no longer
2: around the only Rutgers fan I've ever known. At the, um,
1: I, I think the thing um, that you guys talk about, too, that, that I want to highlight, um, not necessarily as a it – was, it, it wasn't it was blown out of proportion or anything, too, but also to kind of get perspective on why I think the rest of the Big Ten reacted the way they did, whether it was fair or not, uh, totally not, not the topic. Um, I, I think one of the differences, too, though, was a lot of the conversations that happened where it was kind of anti, we don't want to cancel, don't cancel, or else. A lot of that was on Monday, particularly from Michigan and Penn State. Um, they joined Scott Frost to a large degree and basically echoing almost exactly what he said. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of, of conversation beforehand, not necessarily from anywhere official, but just sort of enough chit-chat among the room that was overheard among people of well you know if the big 10 wants to cancel then you know we're going to look for our own schedule this fall like we're still going to play which i mean nebraska didn't have clear direction that that wasn't going to be allowed from the big 10 really i mean that wasn't actually that clear from the press release i just think it's something on july 5th that i mentioned i i just think looking back on it it probably was the writing on the wall uh of if you know, we had to think about it again. Uh, you watch The Sixth Sense the second time. I've actually never watched that movie, but I hear the second time, so many things make sense. So, yeah, it, it's that kind of situation, so to speak. Um, what, what was really weird to me after the announcement came out on Tuesday that the season was being canceled was you saw Gene Smith, the athletic director for Ohio State, in an in interview Walking out to his car, he talks to a couple of Ohio State uh, media reporters to cover the beat, and he basically says, spring season. Like, I'm mad about it, but spring season. That's that. That's the decision. And then you have Ryan Day the next day come out and talk about – and and this is where it's a little bit conflicting because I haven't actually had the time or really energy to bother – watching the full interview because I saw a little bit of conflicting reports. I saw what ESPN reported, which was basically portraying it as, you know, we're looking at all options, including a non-Big Ten opponents. But I also saw elsewhere other reporters talking about it of, well, screw the decision that we won't play this fall. We'll play Big Ten teams that still want to play. And since then, all of the coaches – including Mel Tucker in his press conference for Michigan state today said, you know, I'm, I'm sad. I wanted to play this fall. I'm, you know, I wanted to play, but also, and, and I mean, even reiterate, I think we had good protocols. I think we were looking out for our players, but I'd him, what else is he supposed to say? You now I, I think our medical experts didn't know what they were talking about and I'm glad that I don't have to take this team out onto the field because with the redone schedule, we were probably looking at three wins. Is that what he's supposed to say? Uh, So, I mean, really, Scott Frost said what he was supposed to say to a large degree. I think the thing that shocked everybody was the chancellor and president's joint statement afterwards that came out where they said that rather than the athletic staff,
2: if that makes sense. Which, really, all that did was fuel Nebraska's need... For us against them, (laughs) which we are very, very good at. And that goes back, I mean, honestly, that goes back to way back in the day. I mean, back in the 90s when Nebraska was steamrolling everybody, uh, there was still the general consensus that the national media hated us wanted nothing to do with us thought that we were, you know, fly over country, you know, like sports illustrated, they can't write a good article about us. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's not, it's not like that's anything new. That just fueled fire within Nebraska is that we are united. Our, 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 university and athletic department is in one, which is kind of the first time in a long time that that's happened for, you know, even, you know, it seemed like even under Osborne, You know the university and athletic department were kind of not on the same level at all and i want to say since you know green came on board uh, moose came on board frost came on board you know the three main let's be honest the three most important people on campus they are kind of all in sync on what what is correct not just for the athletic department but for the university and we haven't had that in a long long time so as Nebraskans it just fueled the fire and when the national media and the Big Ten started you know coming after Nebraska saying you shouldn't be doing this you should be happy you're here it I mean it was like gasoline on basically just Huskerdom across (laughs) across the nation so If anything, you know, the Big Ten and national media just basically made things worse for themselves because the more you hate on Nebraska, the more Nebraskans will fight back. Um, It's, I mean, from a bird's eye view, I think it's hilarious, (laughs) to be honest, because, I mean, we're talking about sports here. I'm not going to ever defend anything Desmond Howard ever says.
1: Because uh, he's never going to say anything nice about Michigan State. So I mean, he called us the you know, little brother in Nebraska's 2013,
2: and then we stuffed them for negative 48 rushing yards. So you know what? You know, you know, for 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 for, for, for a couple stupid reasons, Kurt Herb was kind of the most hated. I think ESPN College Game Dayer in Nebraska's eyes. I think he just got kicked to the curb. Desmond's huh. gonna. Mm. Yeah. Desmond better not show up on campus anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> him, and, him and Pat Ford are, are not looked upon highly, will not be looked upon highly anytime soon in the state of Nebraska. Both of those guys, and I, I know there's a few others, but Desmond and Pat pop up number one as public enemy, number one in the state. I, so. Nate, if you'll give me one second, I, I just want to make one really
1: quick point, and then yep. we'll go to you. Uh, and, and I'm not by any means defending what Wilbin said either for that matter, but also I think one thing to bear in context as well is these guys are talking heads on national talk shows. Their job is to say outrageous, stupid crap. I doubt either of them even read the statement or saw Scott Frost's press conference. What they saw were headlines about it from other people and what they also maybe saw were columns like Chattel's piece after the Kevin Warren news broke Tuesday night where he said, well, you're not going to do that and play in the big 10. And then Chattel comes out with, is this the beginning of the end of Nebraska in the big 10 and starts off this piece about, you know, we don't need the big 10 kind of thing. And I, I, I'm not like jumping on that of, you know, Nebraska was in the wrong or anything. I'm just saying like, think about that in context of how the other big 10 schools saw that. And it's like, Whoa, what? you're, you're leaving now? Like, huh? And, and I mean, that's just,
2: they're, they're going to see the headlines for stuff like that. They don't have time to see all of that. And guys stuff. like Chattel, I like Chattel, but he's been writing that article once a year since we left the big 12. He, he's got a soft spot for the big eight, big 12 and his history and memories and all his friends there. And I don't think he's ever caught on well with the big, big 10. So those, that's how he writes that those are his articles he will come down on the big 10 saying nebraska needs to leave because i honest to god think that just his heart is not in it thus his writing's not in it so when something like this happens he's gonna come down on the whole you know let's go back to old conference let's say we're sorry let's make amends and move forward and you know, and he's not the only one, but he seems to be kind of the flag bearer on that movement. So, no, I mean, I if you don't read Nebraska stuff on a regular basis, I I totally see your point, Kevin.
0: You, you know, my I think the Big Twelve stuff. The reason why, it, like, oh, we're gonna move. The, first off, no, I don't think anyone really wanted. I mean, obviously, people do. Oh, let's just leave Big Ten and go to Big Twelve. I think the initial thought was that the Big 12's plan was to play all of their conference games then have each team would have a plus one, which is like, okay, well, Nebraska, I mean, that would fit perfectly. You know, you could be everyone's plus one, you know, and essentially it's a full non-conference schedule. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got all those people talking about that, and all of a sudden it kind of morphs into something different about, oh, let's leave the Big Ten and all that stuff. I don't know. And so, uh, but you know, but Nebraska to, was never
2: going to leave the Big Ten. No,
0: they they never, never. were. They, they never, never were, were. going to leave. And never wanted to leave. So, uh, so the the well, I almost wish Nebraska, Ohio State, and uh, whoever wanted to play still just would have stayed. Get sh- their, their mouths shut, because I think if they wouldn't have said anything. And I know they felt like they had to because this is kind of a last ditch effort is that the big 10 and Bill Moose said this last night, the big Ten's choice to postpone the season to the spring actually tied the hands of everybody. Cause if, if the big 10 would have canceled the season and said, Oh, we're not playing football until next year, then that's a totally different dynamic because Bill moose essentially said that yeah, um, yeah, since they're postponing the season till the spring, we can't play football in the fall because that'd be that'd be you know that would go against the schedule that's already been set up or whatever or or, you know the rest of the conference is playing, and so that was smart by the Big Ten to say no, we're just gonna that's why I don't think they're, they're even expecting to play in the spring. I think it was a kind of a strategic move and to say no no we're just postponing the spring so guess what that means you can't play you know? Um, but what I think the, the, one of the coolest things that kind of came out of this week was how I think it unified the fan base probably to an extent that I haven't seen in, in a lo- I mean, since maybe Bo Pelini was hired, you know, when you drive everybody and- likes
2: Dirk. people are liking
0: Dirk again. I know. And that's the thing. I, I had my flakes today and I said, so we appreciate the, you know, I appreciate the, our local media more now than ever. And it's our local media was like standing up for us, you know, which really surprised me. And a part of that is it's self-preservation and they don't, you know, I, I wrote a column saying how Nebraska is stupid and how, the, you know, the try to play is irresponsible. I mean, he, the people might've burned down the whole world Herald building, you know? And, uh, so, but it, I thought it was really cool that like, I mean, Nate Klaus who never says anything outside of, you know, th- these are, you know, these are my articles and this is recruiting all that. He's like shouting back at national writers, Mike Schaefer, Mike Schaefer does it kind of in a vague way with actually calling people out. But uh, yeah, I I, I loved it as far as that goes. Uh, well, you know, hopefully everything just kind of tampers down and then, we can just enjoy Cubs baseball. Well, maybe one of us will. But Cubbies
2: are, Cubbies are going to win the World Series. Uh, Cubbies are going to win the
0: World Series. Yeah,
2: if there is I mean,
1: one, one thing I'd point out too is, I mean, it's not just football. It's all fall sports. We're not going to get cross country in the spring. Most of that roster plays track and, or participates in track and field, which has a spring season. You're not going to have cross-country. Winter Winter and spring. It goes indoor and outdoor. Yeah, Yeah. indoor track in the winter and spring uh, for outdoor. You're not going to have a cross-country season. That's gone. You're not going to have a men's soccer season probably for a lot of players because it's going to have the same problem of football, of training and timeline for the MLS and whatever the International League draft thingy is I'm sorry, I don't follow soccer for anybody listening. I just know that the draft deadline is such that like you're not gonna have them stick around probably. You know, and I mean how are you supposed to have a lot of these sports starting in March in a conference where in the footprint, most of them still get huge blizzards. You know? I mean I had a a track meet uh, May first. It snowed at it. Yeah. You know? It, there's no spring there during the college calendar for the most part right up, yeah, you know, to, to have a full season. So I, and I mean, I'm so, I can't not take the, the opportunity to swipe at it. Ryan day's plan is idiotic. I'm sorry. We're not having, I actually didn't see, I actually had not seen his plan. So it, yeah. I, I just know it involves starting basically January one, the season. Do you not, know why? not just practice, but the season. Oh, it's because he wants uh, Justin Fields to be able to play.
0: And they're, they're a cornerback because he thinks this, there's a better chance that they'll stay on the team if, yeah, they start then, yeah.
1: Yep. Well, you know hard. what? That's karma. That's karma because he should have sat out last season. So, And, hey, it's not like I'm not sympathetic to the players by all means, and I'm not. I'm obviously somebody who wanted a football season. But you know what? Why am I supposed to feel all that sympathetic for Ohio State missing out on a chance on a national title when I had March Madness yanked out from under me? Do I feel bad for their fan base? Not really. Do I feel bad for the players?
2: You know why? why? Because you're a Big Ten loyalist, and you root for the conference, something Nebraskans still don't understand.
1: I mean, in this case, I'm just being bitter about why. I, I'm just being bitter about the March Madness being canceled in the NCAA tournament, obviously, because that, that's my point. Is you know, I, I already had that canceled, so I don't feel a remote shred of sadness for Ryan
2: Day you should or di- for the you Ohio State should, fan you, base. You should go. You should go find yes, a Rutgers not. fan and commiserate. Go find a Rutgers fan and commiserate.
1: <laughs> why, why would I do that? We're the only team that hasn't lost to them in football and or men's basketball.
0: There you go. Since they joined the conference.
1: The only team.
0: They were really good last year, though.
1: They were. They were pretty, yes. And they didn't They didn't beat Michigan State, though.
0: Well, it's because you guys are really good at basketball. <laughs> we they were had- a legit national title team. Yeah, and I keep on seeing my freaking I – mean, There were a
1: couple in the Big Ten, actually, that were legit national title contenders. I, 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 you would have been beat by Kansas. Ooh. Oh. No, they have replay now, so they wouldn't add – an extra, what was it, 15 seconds to the clock? So,
0: yeah. You know, I I went to the rutgers Nebraska game last year, and I was like, Rutgers is a lot better than us. I mean, it just like, just you know, you could see like a couple possessions, and it was like, this isn't going to be good. We, we look outmatched physically. You know.
1: If they so. had a chance, any
0: season coming up it'd be this season for
1: Rutgers having their best chance at uh ending the MSU bragging rights in basketball so yeah maybe it's a good thing we take this season off
0: yeah but you guys are turning MSU is turning into the uh Duke of college basketball with all these huge recruits coming in so you know
1: Yeah, but it's not starting until 2021. That's why I was saying this season is their best chance because they return a lot of their core talent from last year's team that would have been an NCAA tournament team had it not been canceled and would have ended their drought since I think 1991 was the last time they went. So, yeah, I mean, how do they feel as basketball fans about that?
0: Well, and again, assuming I, I, I feel bad fans. for Ohio
1: State fans, or Ohio State players, just not their fans and not Ryan Day, just for the record. feel very bad for the players, but nobody else in that fan base. Uh,
2: anything else? I think we're good. Eh. We covered a lot of territory. We got a lot off our chests. I think we were fairly civil. Um, cause I, I don't think a whole lot of podcasts this week comes in Nebraska is gonna be overly civil. <laughs> but I think we explained things pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Get angry. Get angry. So no, I, I I I think this was a good this was a good discussion over some very hot topics that happened this past week. And we talked about basketball. Please, for the love of
1: God, don't cancel basketball again. It's
0: coming, man. It's coming.
1: Oh, nope, see, nope. a- we, are, we are we are going to make a pact that until that day comes, we are going to be unicorns and rainbows on this podcast and ignore <laughs> the question. There will yep. be no conversation of that actually being a possibility. They will come up with a plan. They will execute the plan, and we will tell COVID nineteen to get off my plane.
0: Okay, so so you know I you know this is what I I just the thought that just popped. Off Head. Michigan State football was returning a whole bunch of starters from a 10 or 11 win team. I'd be interested to see if Kevin had a different person or different, uh, I don't know if the opinion would change, but a different disposition or whatever. Because I think, you know, the fact that Michigan State basketball is a very, you know, top, what, three program, five program, you know? And so that's why you want basketball. Guess what? Nebraska is not going to be good again. I mean, <laughs> so it's like. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted football back too, for the record. I, I, know, I think you wanted I do, basketball yeah. back more.
1: I mean, actually, if, I, you, you, if I had to choose between the yeah. two, I would yes. obviously pick basketball because okay. we're better. Okay. Yes. And I enjoy both sports roughly equally. I'm like pretty much what 99.99% of the Nebraska fan base, right?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I mean that is a
1: joke, not as a dick, obviously. But I love the yeah, sport. I, mean, I,
0: and the, uh, I love the sport of basketball so much more than football. But I am a much bigger college football fan than ba- college basketball fan. That's because there's the NBA, which, by the way, is Damian L- Lillard is a stud. So, anyways, yeah, I man,
1: I, I like college football. and I like college basketball. I, I like watching my Spartans on both, uh, both the gridiron and the hardwood. Um, if well, I had to I, you pick know, one to I, give up it, it obviously <laughs> be football, but I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I wanted a football season. I was literally planning to go uh, because I assumed media would be able to go. I, Kevin,
2: I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, club. but I think you guys have measured your uh, fandoms for long enough. <laughs> True. So is yeah, your, yeah, uh, I, I'll be quiet. I'll be
0: quiet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Patrick is your pre-workout. I think we're uh, hitting into nobody cares.
2: <laughs> Nobody cares. Territory. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's say is your is your pre workout running out or uh, or no? I'm still on?
2: going well. Oh, you're going well. I'm still okay, going well. Like, I just <sighs> I'm starting to wander. I've played all the guitar licks I can while I while I'm mute. <laughs> I'm kind of running out of. Th-
0: <laughs> so what was one of the songs? I was trying, uh, trying to think that one of the songs you were playing earlier. Uh.
2: I was mainly just going through riffs. I mean, just oh, riffs okay, so. and, and chord progressions and scales. I was doing just a bunch of chromatic scales and stuff like okay, that. Okay,
0: so, well, I heard yeah, it, mindful, like,
2: no, it was it No, I was, I was literally just. Podcast. Sounds good. Sounds good. I think we're done. <laughs> <Yeah. There laughs> I think we're done.
0: And I, well, thank you, guys.
2: <laughs> thank
1: you, everybody. Uh, once again, we appreciate your uh, regular listening, Chip. that a word we're gonna make it a word if not regular listening ship to a rangs and daggers uh we will hopefully be back soon with more interesting basketball coverage and other stuff uh as always please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you subscribe to you'll get john's post-life crisis you get five heart podcast um is the uh uh, big red copcast actually on ours or is that on the website but no they're separate. No, their own thing Okay, That's so you, thing. Won't get that one, but, yeah, you won't get that one,
2: but
1: you uh, won't get that one. But if you follow
2: coordination dot com, obviously you'll you'll see their stuff, and it's good. Though bangs and dags is better.